Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Roshu. Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories. We are here live with Nima King from uh, Mindful Wing Chun. Sifu, Sifu Nima, um, can you please tell everyone who is listening, how did you discover Wing Chun and uh, you know, a, bit of, a bit about your background? Sure thing. Hey, everyone. Um, so basically, I started Wing Chun when I was a teenager, when I was at school. Um, originally, I'm, I'm from Iran. I was born in Iran and I moved to uh, Sydney, Australia when I was younger with my family. And, um, and basically, the reason I started is because we were living in a in sort of the west part of Sydney, which is, which is let's say the, the, the sort of more rough neighborhood, and the school that I was going to, we, you know, there was a, there was it was very common for there to be um, fights pretty much after school every single day, you know. So so and and coming from Iran to Australia, actually in, uh, we couldn't speak a word of English, my brother and I. So we were sort of let's say easy pickings for bullying, you know. So things so we had to defend ourselves a fair bit. Um, so for that reason, I actually, I thought, yeah, why don't I actually get good at, um, you know, self-defense? Why don't I learn how to defend myself properly? And, um, back in those days, there was no, um, that was, well, we just went, we just had the yellow pages, right? So I picked up the yellow pages and I opened it up and I, I remember there was about five or six pages on martial arts and I just randomly, without knowing anything about anything, I picked the sort of biggest, brightest ad and it just happened to be a, um, a Wing Chun school, which was, uh, which was Jim Fung's Wing Chun school in Sydney. Um, and then, yeah, I, I started to go to that school and, uh, I went to a branch at first. I didn't go to the main headquarters and the teachers there were just, um, phenomenal, you know, and they, they're sort of, they were very good mentors and they took me in and, and yeah, that was, and here I am now. That's 17 years ago now. So that's how I got into it. It's, it's so interesting that, you know, the things that we take in the beginning as um as difficult as hard as maybe punishments sometimes they just bring us um you know more more pleasant situations like you getting beat up and me as well i was bullied a lot as a kid and then you just yeah. you just discover martial arts and wing chun right? exactly right exactly right yeah no, no it was a, it was a it was all a blessing all that all that sort of uh, rough childhood was all the blessing in disguise because it, 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 like you said, it brought me to Wing Chun, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, how did you get in touch with uh, your current lineage? Um, well, actually, uh, I started. So, um, I started with Jim Paul, and he is a student student of uh, Choi Song Tin. Uh, for those who don't know him, he just actually passed away two years ago. So, he was. Um, some people know him now. Um, as the king of Siunim Tao, which is what uh, Yip Man sort of uh, coined him that name when he was when he was younger. Um, people actually don't know him much, only until recently, because recently, uh, personally myself, I started to put a lot of videos up, and some other people as well, and people started to sort of, um, yeah, started to uh, sort of inquire, who is this guy? And it's great, you know, he's um, I don't know if if, uh, if the listeners have seen his videos, but it could it could be quite hard to buy some of the stuff he does. I know when, when me and you first contacted, um, we said, you know, in the beginning it was we were a bit skeptic and, and so yeah. was I. You know, training yeah. training with Jim Fong, we would hear about this guy, this guy that was from Hong Kong, this old Chinese man. And um 
and I, I was skeptic. I was, you know, I was doing bodybuilding. I was, I was, I was sort of, you know, into street fighting stuff like that. And I, I was like, you know, I wasn't buying the airy fairy, you know, kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, it was only until I met him in a seminar when in 2004 he came to Sydney, um, to gym from school and he did a seminar there. Um, and when I met him, he, yeah, he was just, um, it was just, it was, it was exactly the kind of mentor I needed. It was exactly what I was looking for because he, you know, he wasn't that, he didn't, he wasn't that sort of tough, you know, martial arts sort of, I'm not saying everyone's egoistic, but he didn't have, it seemed like he didn't have any ego. He, yeah. he put himself sort of below other people, you know, like you bow to him and he'll bow lower, you know, oh, and that, his that head down, you know, so, it, yeah, man, and, and he had a, he had always had a smile on his face. He couldn't speak a word of English, you know, but, um, yeah, he always hands up waving at everyone, big smiles. Um, and then we were sitting down in, in the seminar. He, he asked for a, for a, um, for someone to come, go up and touch hands with him. Yeah. And I sort of put my hand up. I volunteered and he said, okay, hold your arm as hard as you can. Um, you know, back then I was, I was 17 kilos heavier than I am now. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. so I was quite yeah. strong and I was, I remember thinking to myself, you know, don't show him up in front of everyone. He's an old man, you know, so I didn't hold that hard. And then he sort of just just tapped my arm, and I'm, I'm maybe like from five six centimeters away, and I felt I felt something, and I said, "Yeah, hold on, can you do it again?" And I and I held, I held properly, I held nearly as hard as I could, and he did the same move, but because he had a look at, he saw that I'm holding harder, so he did it a bit faster, yeah. and and I tell you, man, he nearly hit me to the floor, and and <laughs> you know I was in shock, so I went white, you know. And I came up and I remember right there and there, I thought, okay, this is the real stuff. You know, this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, um, this is what I'm going to be learning from. For the people who are listening right now, um, um, this, the grandmaster, you know, the nutrition thing, uh, he is so, he's not a big guy, right? His hands are like, um, like twigs. Or, yeah, he's, he's tiny, never... man. He would be, he would, well, in his, when he was, um, when he was in his younger years, he was 50, Four kilos, and um, when I met him, he was about sixty kilos. Um, so yeah, he was he was he was very very small. When I met him, he would have been uh, let me see, so let's see, he would have been about seventy. Okay. Um, and yeah, just, just to give a bit of background, guys. So uh, for the people who are listening, um, the way I met Nima or how I heard about Nima, my kung fu brother went to Hong Kong and he uh, contacted Nima, and um. um he came back and we trained a bit together. He showed me a few things that I obviously couldn't do at the moment. And then when I came back to to my country after visiting my Kung Fu brother, and this what he showed me just made sense. And then my Wing Chun just totally changed. My, my students were telling me that they felt like they were hitting a wall every time we were doing sparring. So this is really <laughs> legit stuff. It's, uh, it's not yeah. too over focused. Uh, you know, let's uh, mind tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it can it can come across like that in the videos and stuff like that. But like, think about it this way: I met him, and after I said uh, I saw him in the seminar, within uh, right then and there, as soon as I got that hit, straight after the seminar, I thought, okay, I got to go, I got to go train with this guy. Um, and then within six months, I was on a plane and I was here, and that was 2005. Um, and I'm still here. Got married here, opened up a school here, got. You know, so, so Hong Kong's been home now for the last, let's say, 12 years. Congratulations. Um, yeah, cheers, man. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so, and then, and then the way he, he sort of, the training was so different when we came here, um, to what I was doing. A lot less, uh, external, 
um, yeah, and yeah. which I was not prepared for. It was really, really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and yeah, so slowly, slowly, I started to to to. So my idea of Wing Chun changed. You know, I was doing. I already did seven. I had done about six, seven years um, at Jim Fung's place. And even though they talked about relaxation, uh, structure, things like that, um, no one could really do it to that level to, to be able to show it, to be able to guide guide us, you know. Um, and I was I was practicing even there. I was practicing seven to eight hours every day. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I was taking it very, very seriously. Um, and when I came here, I started to train under Tin six hours every day. So we were in the beginning, we were just training in his living room. Um, so he had a small living room. He had a wooden dummy in there and a very small group of people. So we were very lucky. We were one of the last guys, uh, last people he accepted wow. to teach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and halfway throughout the night, his wife would bring out the table. She'd start cooking. They'd start having dinner while we're training away. You know, so it was like in the movies. It was, a, it was quite a, quite overwhelming at first. Sorry, go on. I think the feeling is very different. I mean, it feels a lot more like you're in a family when you know, you're, you're training like that. Exactly, exactly. And he really did treat us like, um, like his kids. He really, really did. They really took us in. As I said, even though we couldn't speak English, um, I, I, by the end, I learned how to, I, I sort of picked up a little bit of Cantonese, especially Wing Chun Cantonese. I could communicate with him. But in the beginning, um, even though we couldn't communicate with words, he really, you could feel that, you could really feel the genuine sort of care that he was giving us. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, he said, my, um, that, he said that your idea of Wing Chun actually changed. So what is your what is Wing Chun yes. to you today, and what keeps you going? Um, for me, um, basically Wing Chun has become my way of life, like literally. You know, it's it's um, it's firstly it's it's sort of meditative aspects that that he taught us or that I learned uh, through practicing Silun Tao. Um, it gave me how do I put it? It gave me more understanding of the way my mind works. It, it changed the relationship with my own mind, you know? So in that it's, it's, it's giving me more understanding and control of my thoughts and emotions, you know? So as a result, I can feel, I can, I can understand people better because I can understand how the working of my own mind Because it's, it's like meditation. You're sort of, you're sort of there and you're spending time with your mind and with your body. Right. So, um, that way I got to, I got to, I can basically relate to people better because I know how their mind works. So as a result, my relationships have changed because I can um, relate to people with more empathy, you know. Um, so that's the that's the most important thing I've got out of it in terms of the the mental aspect. But secondly, it's given me the uh, an amazing control over my body, uh, which yeah. what you were saying, what you left, uh, what you felt from your kung fu brothers, uh, the control that it gives our body. Um, so because the way we practice is is, is through um, deep relaxation of the muscles and that way we get to tap into the joints in a very different way um it's again it's it's, it's quite hard to put into words and just talk for 10 minutes but basically it enab- enables you to be able to relax and decompress the joints right and mentally you're able to tap into your um joints and be able to move them around move your body around with as little uh sort of muscular effort as possible mm-hmm. you know so um, and that way you can basically, simply put, you get to use your body in a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. And that's not just with wing chun, so that's not just with fighting, you know. So right. once your body is your body, right, and we use it all the time. So whether it's for sports, for, um, I used to have chronic back pain when I first came to Hong Kong because of, yeah. I guess because of the bodybuilding because I had no idea what I was doing and I was just packing on the weights, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So 
so yeah, and I, it took. I was. I went through agony for the first, you know, few years here. But then now, like if I get pain, neck pain, whatever kind of pain, you can yeah. tap into it with your mind, and you can relax it away, so you can get rid of pain and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 a kind of. Um, I know you were mentioning that in one of your videos, like if you if you make a tanzel a bit to the side, right, you will flex your bicep because it's it's natural, or maybe yeah, that's the way you've done it your whole life, right? And you were saying yes. that it's possible, it's actually possible to make a tanzel without flexing your bicep. And I thought, yeah, you know, I tried it myself, and I cannot do it. And I thought that's amazing, right? Because um, then you yeah. followed up with the idea that if you have back pain or shoulder pain or something, you just go in there mentally and you stretch out the muscle, and the pain yes, the pain heals. Yeah. Itself, well, you right? don't. You sort of release the muscle. You relax the muscle. Don't get me wrong. We need muscles in our bodies, otherwise we'll fall, right? And right. so we need the muscles. But the way that um, sort of person to explain it is like if you if you imagine you tie a um, a a string to a weight and you lift up the weight with the string the string itself is intense there, there might be like if you touch it there might be sort of it might be tension in it but the, the string itself isn't a power source yeah. so you're able to use it sort of um, and for that reason um i'm not using the muscles or that's i am actually i'm not i'm not actually that good compared to what he was teaching what he was doing if he was still around he'll be like yeah Nima's not that good he doesn't have that much control yet compared to what he could do but to be able to turn off the biceps is just you're able to tap into tap into the ligaments and use the ligaments to control the joints. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not I can't, I'm not fully relaxed by 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 any means, but the, the tanza thing I can do and I can show and I'll ask people, you know, please come because I'll put that on the on a, on a forum and uh, on a Winston forum and people tore it apart. You know, people came up and said, "I'm a doctor. It's impossible. Why are you teaching folk?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, crap and all that, and I, and I just didn't reply. I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to. Okay, fine. Um, and then actually, since then, since I put that up, that same video that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, there's been more than ten people coming from. I'm, I'm talking about teachers, seekers yeah. from from um, other lineages. And one of the first things they say, you know, the bicep thing. Can you show us? You know, they they sort of, and I show them, and they're like, okay, how do you do that? And I'm like, okay. So then yeah, they start. Then they start listening. Guys, go ahead and check out Nima's YouTube channel. It's called Mindful Wing Chun. Right after we finish this podcast, go ahead and check out his videos. You find out some mind blowing stuff. And there's a very special tip that he, that he's showing. I don't know if you can find it. Text me if you found if you found um, if you found the tip. But I loved it. Right? So go ahead and check out his yes, channel. Cool. Um, what is um? What would you like? What would you like? Sorry. <laughs> what would you like to share with the Wing Chun world about Wing Chun? Um, well, so, yeah, so just the, the the sort of difference between the way I was doing in Wing Chun uh, in Australia and the way that I was shown it and the way I was taught it in Hong Kong. Um, because, as I said, I started Wing Chun because of self-defense, right? But Wing Chun is much, much more than just an efficient self-defense system. And, and and don't get me wrong, on that note, it is a remarkable self-defense system. It really is, you know, in terms of it, it abides by the laws of physics. It uses geometry the way, you know, the, to to its to to our advantage. Uses body mechanics. So in um actually before I moved to Hong Kong, so when I was doing the let's you know let's say just the external uh, style before, so I can say again, I'm not saying I'm I'm that good, but um. I, Compared to myself back in Australia, 
I'm, I'm at least three or four times more powerful and faster than I was back then. Wow. Even though I'm much smaller. Yeah, yeah. Just through the sort of internal practice, which is, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, quite mind blowing. So, um, before that, before I, w- I was able to relax like this and, and this kind of structure, I was, um, just using the external side to defend myself when I was bouncing. So I was a, I was a, I was doing security. I was doing door, I was a doorman at, um, at Sydney's King's Cross, which is sort of the red light district of, uh, of Sydney. So, you know, so for my work every night, pretty much there was, there was some, some trouble, something, you know, so I had to help someone or defend myself or whatever. And I'm still here. It didn't fail me. You know, it, it, it during bouncing, I was never hurt badly or hospitalized or anything like that. Before bouncing, I was, but during bouncing, I wasn't. I, um, I, I can't so, imagine, you know, the difference because, um, looking at your videos now, I could never imagine you right now as being, as working as a bouncer. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've come a long way, man. Winchers, uh, that, that, the sort of meditative side of Winchers has, uh, has transformed me a fair bit. But, but as I was saying, so, so what I'd like to say to people is, is it is a remarkable self-defense system. As I know because I used it even the external uh, way of it, and it just makes sense and it works. It does work on the street. Um, however, I believe that this self-defense aspect of Wing Chun is really just a branch of the Wing Chun tree. It, it's a small branch of the Wing Chun tree. Because um, for me, that the essence of Wing Chun is the, the the really remarkable self-development and potentially life-changing aspect of it, you know, because that's what I went through. Um, it's it's it. I mean, it sounds airy fairy. It might sound like that, but this aspect of winter is really, it's very real and attainable. And if if sort of practitioners can approach it from the correct way, they can find out for themselves. They can experience that for themselves. You know, so um, it's so they say, okay, how is it? How is it different? How is it more than just a martial art? Well, for me, Wing Chun is is an art that both energizes and calms the mind and body. Um, and in, what I mean is, like, let me explain. So. In terms of energizing the mind, how does it energize the mind? So it energizes the mind because in Seal and Tao, actually Seal and Tao, for those that don't know, it means little idea or small thought. So it suggests there's a, there's a one-pointed focus in it. That's the, actually the pinnacle of Seal and Tao. That's why it's named like that. So it's, uh, with, with one-pointed focus is actually the, uh, the sort of goal of most meditations, right? To calm thoughts or, and to, to, to be able to focus on just one thing. Um, so in that way, it's very energizing. You, you, you get that uh, very sharp focus and in the same way because you're focused like that you don't get trapped in the sort of mind chatter you know what the buddhists call the monkey mind right uh the, the sort of the train of thoughts so because of that because of the focus um the mind comes as well so you get both energized and and the, the relaxation in the mind as well and as for the body as i was explaining before um so the key to to basically being able to activate this what we call the Lin Tao, or what, what it's called, what Wing Chun calls Lin Tao in the Silent Tao, the, the mind, the mind power, the mind force. Um, to be able to activate that, you need to have a very, very deeply relaxed body. It needs to have that mind and body connection, and the body needs to be very, very relaxed. Relaxation, deep relaxation is a must, right? So um, that's why it's very calming for the body. It's very relaxing for the body because you relax it. And then once you relax it, now when I talk about relaxation, I don't mean proper relaxation. Right. Um, and I've got a couple of videos that I talk about. I'll, I'm going to put up a, another one actually, uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, people sometimes say, yeah, well, I can relax all the time. I, I relax on the couch with a beer, you know, or, or when sort of I relax in cheese out. Uh, some people 
just lean on the other person or just go floppy relaxation. I'm yeah. talking about mindful relaxation, which is what we discussed just earlier when, um, you know, being able to hold out a shape or be able to hold out palms out and relax the bicep in the forearms and the shoulders where you can, where, where you can, you know, tangibly relax. Um, when we relax to that level, um, then the, let's say tension acts as blockages in the body, right? right. Like when I was doing bodybuilding, I was very tense. My back was as hard as, um, the floor, you know, so that's why I went through a lot of pain when I came here. I was very, very tense because I was just training the muscles all the time, but I would get sick. I would catch a cold definitely three or four times a year, you know, because mm-hmm. my body was blocked. It was uh, internally, it was blocked. Yeah, so yeah. tension acts as blockages. When you open the blockages, like, like a, like a drain or a hose that's unblocked, then things can flow through it easily. So that means energy, again, not to sound airy fairy, um, but what people call uh, chi or whatever. This is what basically Chinese medicine and let's say acupuncture and stuff is based on, right? So mm-hmm. energy can flow freely through the body. And for that reason, the body feels very, very energized. So, so again, both energizing and calming both the mind and body, which is a, I mean, it's a remarkable, remarkable art, right? So, so I guess my message to, to, to the Wing Chun world is ask yourself that through your practice, have you become more aggressive or calm? You know, do you look for more fights when you go out or the opposite? Or do you, do you look to, you know, be, be kind to people? Has your relationship with other people changed? You know, do, um, so all in all, has it made you a better human being or has it only made you a better fighter? Yeah. You know, and, and by asking these questions, then we can sort of reflect on why we are practicing, you know? Yeah. Actually, you know, I sent you that article that I wrote on uh, addictedtowingchun.com about what every martial artist asks himself to the, um, to the end of their, of their lives. And I really urge everybody listening to check out that article. Um, it was a great article, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Um, and you know, uh, that's, that's actually the same process that I went through because in the beginning when I wasn't so confident about my skills, about my, uh, my Wing Chun, I had something to prove and that's where all my street fights came from. But then, right. yeah, and I had a lot of anger, right? And looking back at the videos that I used to make for the, the Wing Chun videos, you can clearly see the, the, uh, anger in my, uh, in my eyes and the aggressiveness. But the more you go towards it, right, the more you go deeper into Wing Chun, you just understand that maybe it's a bit more than just punching and kicking people, right? Exactly. Yes, so yeah, exactly if, right, man. What if you could actually, what if you have a very, very powerful tool in your hands that you can use either to heal people or destroy people, right? That's Yes. I think that's yeah. actually the, the main question. And, um, yeah. I'm really enjoying this conversation because, as you said um, before we started recording, that what we're doing here in, in Bucharest Romania is very similar to what you're doing in Hong Kong because you're helping people a lot to heal, to become stronger, to become the best version of themselves through Wing Chun, right? And also feel yes. safer while walking yeah. down the street. Yes, exactly right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right, man. Cool. Let me ask you, what is your favorite Wing Chun-related story and could you share it? Um, sure. So that's, that's quite a tough question, man, because there's a lot of cool stories. Um, but, um, uh, uh, what I'll share is the story about, um, what, cause we're on the subject about subject that you mentioned, you know, uh, can we heal people with it or can, mm-hmm. we, can we hurt people with it? So mm-hmm. uh, on the subject of healing, I'll share a story of, um, for those that don't know, um, about, uh, my, my teacher, Choi Chon Tin, I'll share a story about how he sort of 
how we should help him in his life to make him stronger and to sort of heal him, things like that. So mm-hmm. originally he started um, he started Wing Chun in in 1950, right, with Yip Man Wen. So he was a basically a third. He was there was Long Chun, Lok Yu, and then there was Choi Sun Tin, and then later on Wong Chun Long and, and all those kind of people. Um, so before that, when he was in China, when he was in Guang, uh, Guangzhou, mm-hmm. his his father sort of forced him to train uh, to learn Tai Chi under a very famous master there. And the reason for that is because he was very, very frail. So he was very weak. He would get sick all the time. Um, and he just had, yeah, he, his dad was like, you got to fix this, otherwise you're not going to last that long. So it was that bad. Um, he said he did Tai Chi for, for like a year, and he sort of he did it because he got forced to do it. And he said he didn't really enjoy it. And then he stopped. Then when he came to Hong Kong, he was watching uh, Yip Man sort of uh, teach Long Shung Lok Yu, and he was very impressed on of how this this little man can can sort of flick around, especially Long Shung. Long Shung was a very big guy, yeah. and he was he was amazed at that um, that Yip Man. You always you would say it's using the power of the mind. It's using you know. So he was intrigued by that aspect of it. He, he was not an for, the, for those that have met him, they know he's not a, he's had many fights because back in the day, he would have to have a lot of challenge fights if you were a kung fu guy. So he's had many, many fights, didn't lose, didn't lose one, but, um, but he just wasn't a fighter. He just wasn't aggressive, you know? Yeah. And that's why when he had the fights, he never hit with a closed fist. He never kicked and he never hit in the face. He always, and every single fight, it was just one palm strike to the chest. Uh, he, he said he never hit full power. He said he would only hit hard enough to, <laughs> Um, and the guy would fall down or the guy would get shocked and they wouldn't want to come back in the second one. Oh, wow. Um, so that just shows his, yeah, it <laughs> just shows his attitude of, and this is, I mean, look, there's, there's people, it's funny because, uh, some of the older, um, uh, with all due respect to every, you know, to the whole winter community or all the grandmasters out there, but they said one day some of the, some of the, uh, later, um, later seafoods, I won't name names, but they said that they it's heard that they're saying that, you know, Toshin Chi doesn't even do Wing Chun. He's doing Tai Chi or Qi Gong. Or they, they were right. just talking stuff, and he just laughed it off. He just said, you know, it's, it's funny you're saying that about me. Um, but there are people like, for example, see for Derek Fong, uh, William Chung. These guys are from the association. You know, so actually Derek Fong, I think, and William Chung, they're the only two remaining ones out of the association. I think William Chung was later as well. Um, I'm not sure about William Chung, but I know Derek Fong is in, is in Sydney. And these guys, if you, you know, sit down and ask them about Toshan Tin, they will tell you how it was, how he was, and you know, they say they, they really big him up. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the point. Um, so basically, uh, Toshan Tin, from the time he was 20, he was told he's going to die by, uh, uh, the doctors, by Western doctors. He was told he's going to die three times. First time was when he had a stomach ache. And yeah. him and Yipman both got a very, because he was living with Yipman. I don't know if you people know that or not, but he was living with Yipman for, for, uh, five and a half years. So he said they lived in a very small room, um, only big enough to put down two single mattresses. <laughs> and so they, they were always sort of trained to get out together. But for whatever reason, they both got a stomach ache and they went to the hospital and, uh, they did some tests and then they asked him to come back and do some more tests. And then they told Yipman, you're fine, take these pills, you'll be fine. And then they sort of took him to a room and they sat him down and said, look, if I was you, I would quit your job and all that. They said, you only got a few months to live. Um, you're in bad shape. Your stomach is blah, blah, blah. You know? and, and basically that, that went on for one year. He said it was sort of agony for one year and he never knew what it was. And then suddenly it went away. So that was the first time. The second time he was, um, in his, I think late sixties it was, um, and, he, his 
uh, his sort of calves got locked up. Like, so if you touch the calf muscles, it was as hard as a rock, you know, and his eyes went all red. The white part of the eyes went all red. So he went to the, he went to the hospital. They did tests on him. They came back and they said, we've got to do the test to get and something's wrong with the results. Mm-hmm. So did it again. And then they said, we have to test it a third time. Yeah. They tested it a third time. And then to give him the report, they, the, the doctors actually gave him a red packet, you know, in Chinese for respect or for good luck or whatever, you give a red packet. And they gave him a red packet. They said, look, we don't know how you're alive, let alone walking, let alone a Kung Fu teacher. And he said, what do you mean? And they said, your blood, your blood platelet count. So a normal, so blood platelets, for those who don't know, is there, it's what heals the, the a bruise. Or if you get cut, that's what heals the cut, heals the wound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, your blood platelet count is, um, is on eight, and a normal blood blood platelet count is supposed to be 150 to 400. So they said either you should be dead or you should be in a wheelchair. Um, you know, and then they said, yeah, well, good luck. And then, uh, ten, then I remember for the third time I was actually in Hong Kong. He came one day and he sort of it was a serious tone to his voice, and and then in the translation was like, yeah, I've got cancer, I've got liver and um, and kidney cancer, yeah. and the doctors have given me maximum six months. And that was seven years before he died. You know, and, and, and you can't fake it. He didn't take any chemo, anything, do anything. He just said, I feel fine. Let's just keep going the way we're going and, uh, and, and I'll be fine. And he was in the local newspaper, you know, Wing Chun Grandmaster defeats cancer, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, <laughs> so, um, and so yeah, that's basically the testament to, 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 you know, the power of the healing power of Wing Chun that, that we were talking about. Awesome. You know, I feel like somehow you've, uh, you've answered already our bonus question. Um, there's a question coming from Teodora, and she, yeah. she was wondering, basically, uh, let me just read the question. So, what are the key aspects to focus on to channel mindful internal venture for healing? How do I get out of my own way, and what to drop in order to allow this internal flow to do its magic? Cool. Okay. Um... I would say that the best sort of advice I would, I would give, because with the kind of, uh, Wing Chun, the way I personally teach and the way I was taught is quite hands on, right? But obviously I don't have, um, I can't have hands on access straight away with this person that asks a question. So the best advice I can give is try your best to, um, learn how to stand and move as effortless as possible. So don't get sloppy with the movements, you know, so practice your Silum Tao, the forms, Chisa, whatever that you're doing. But rather than thinking outside of yourself, so for example, if you're, if you're, let's say, punching the back, rather than thinking, how can I stand better so I can hit harder, you know, looking for the end result, try to think as I'm hitting the bag, what effect does it have on my body? Which part of my body is tensing up? How can I have it? So even though I, I make contact and whether it's in cheese out and whatever, even though I'm making contact, how can I have it? So the incoming force doesn't disturb me, doesn't tense me up. It is possible, you know, and as you, as you keep doing it, as you practice more and more and more, you'll be able to, um, it's like peeling the layers of the onion, you know, so it's, it's, in the beginning, you, you can only feel a very major muscle group, you know, you might actually, you know, very beginners, they, they, they move and they might lose balance. And some, some more seniors, they can keep their balance, but they feel their back locks up. Some people can't even feel their spine, uh, you know, so as you stand there, just like meditation, in the beginning, you sit there and your mind is the monkey mind, it's going crazy. And then you just, you stay with it, you stay with it, focus on the breath, you learn how to breathe properly, things like that. And then the mind, mind quiets down. With Wing Chun is exactly the same. So just spend more time with yourself. I say, in my opinion, self-practice is 
is the key. Really, the secret to Wing Chun up into all internal arts is that meditative, is that your time with yourself, that mindful sort of time that you give your body. Um, and so, so spend a lot of time um, and just explore, explore. Okay, I'm moving from A to B in my Tan Sao Fox wherever, whatever movement it is, my Sulika. How can I move with less and less effort? And try not to judge it or, or get frustrated with it because trust me, I went through, you know, um, thousands of hours of frustration, uh, of, you know, like, why can't I feel my back? Okay. So closing things telling me to relax my spine. I can't even feel my spine. You know, how can you, know, where do I start? So there is a lot of frustration, but if you stick with it and, and you just think, okay, how can I harmonize with gravity more? Meaning have balance, you know, how can I have it? So, uh, as I move, my relationship with gravity stays, um, you know, I've got that equilibrium with gravity, so I'm, I, I don't lose my, I'm not using the leg muscles to hold myself from falling, falling over. How can I, uh, stand straighter, but with less effort to, to open up the posture? Um, so everything I think is all about using your mind to delve inside the body with the mind and learn how to peel away layers of tension without going sloppy. So without hunching, without letting gravity win in terms of Hunching in your spine, you know, that's why we get the bad posture because we're sort of lazy. I'm not talking about that relaxation. I'm talking about how do you stay upright, but as relaxed as possible? How do you hold your thumbs out, but, but use as little um, effort as possible and things like that? And trust me, uh, trust me, really do. Uh, I mean, okay, don't trust me, but try to prove me wrong by doing it. <laughs> and then after you do it after in a couple of months, you will get the answer yourself. I mean, the, the feeling doesn't lie. The, 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 you know, your, your body will give you feedback. Your mind will give you feedback. But the key is really effortlessness. Be, be, um, in search of effortlessness. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that are listening to this stuff right now because we've been so conditioned to, um, to be rewarded once we put in the effort. A lot of people yes. are going to say that yes. we're talking a lot of mumbo jumbo in, um, in this podcast. But once you understand this idea of making your Wing Chun effortless, uh, yeah, without effort, um, yeah. You will see that in your own life. You will see how things that the things that you want happen will happen with less effort. Just because yes, you're more relaxed. Exactly right. right. So Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like you said before, I I, I invite the people that are listening to try this and prove us wrong, right? <laughs> Fully yes, relax, exactly. relax for two months <laughs> and see what happens, right? Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think we're just about uh, out of time. Um, I want to sure. I want to thank you for your time and for your input. It was a lot of fun talking, and I got I personally got a lot of insights into um, into Wing Chun. And I'm feeling how being more relaxed when I'm doing my form will ultimately contribute to um, becoming a better fighter. And for the guys that are yep. listening and uh, they're wondering if this is going to help their fighting, it will. Your power will increase a lot. I felt it. I, I felt it um, myself, and I got just like a, a glimpse of um, of what Nima is teaching in Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for having me on, man. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I just want to say good on you, and keep up the good work you're doing over there as well. It's really good to see that that there's other people out there that are. Um, they're not just trying to teach people how to how to how to kick people's heads in and uh, and and trying yeah, to you know yeah. use 
use Wing Chun like Yip Man said, you know, use use your skills for the for the yeah, good I mean, of humanity. It's um, like you know, that's the yeah. foundation. We are learning how to uh, how to fight, but we're going also beyond that and learning how to become better human beings. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so guys, uh, thanks for listening to this uh, this podcast. Be sure to check out Nima's YouTube channel. It's called Mindful Wing Chun. And of course, head out to addictedtowingchun.com uh, for some more awesome free stuff and some cool Wing Chun.